Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Manchester campus. That was, that literally, you're going to see how amazing God is and how he connects things uh, so dynamically. I say it all the time because it just happens. You're like, wow, how did that happen? Oh yeah, because we serve an amazing God who can connect things in ways we don't understand. But what I don't think Laura understands is that the message for tonight is completely and totally about... <laughs> welcome to the club, by the way, when you stand here and you cry. So welcome to the club. <laughs> that is exactly what we're going to be talking about tonight. I could not have planned a better segue unless I created a little thing to ride around on. <laughs> by the way, Jorgen always preaches with an apple, so there's mine. my Apple Mini. (laughs) I feel two things about... (laughs) I only have 17 minutes, really. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you went way over. (laughs) You know, I have to say... Laura's sharing there was just, it blows me away because the one thing I've been telling myself over and over and over again this week, because it's been a tough week for me, and this is how I know that God is out and about and he is arranging his people. He is arranging his people. He is calling us. He's moving us. He's shaping us and all that stuff is because the one verse that I have been saying to myself over and over again is there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I love crying. <laughs> so I, I'm just going to go with it. I don't care. We're just going to go with it. So we're doing this heaven to earth series. I mean, how amazing and cool that we listen to a testimony about heaven to earth. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about the Christmas season, heaven to earth, the story of Christmas. We're talking about heaven to earth, about Emmanuel. God with us. This had never been done before. That almighty, holy, you know, creator of everything, drawing near to us. We sang it in the song earlier today about treasure in jars of clay. God coming near. Last week, Jorgen talked about how um, God came near to those who could not come near to him. And in doing so, he redeemed us from not a little bit of the curse, but from the entire curse. You know, I felt it was appropriate to, what is this curse we're talking about? Because this week what we're looking at is heaven to earth by God's provision. And we're going to talk about what provision that is specifically. But I'm going to pray. I want to be more intentional about praying when we discuss the word of God so that nothing of our hearts is veiled and that we can hear exactly what we need to hear. So God, thank you and praise you that your word says you arrange the times, the seasons, and the places for all of us for different reasons, but you arrange all those things. We're here gathered tonight in your mighty name so we know there's more than two of us, so we know that you're here with us. And Lord, I believe every time we gather, not just tonight, but every time we gather to discuss your word, it's so that we can be uh, built up, we can be loved up, and we can be sent out. And Lord Jesus, I ask and pray that uh, as I bring the word that... (laughs) 
that it would be your words that are spoken. That, God, your truth would be made plain to every one of us. And that, God, that we would take away from this what we need, what you have specifically designed and prepared for us to take away from this. And we would apply it so that you might be glorified. In your name we pray. Amen. So heaven to earth, God's provision. Uh, Matthew verse 2 in excuse me, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. We're going to read verse 2, 1 through 6. We're continuing on in the Christmas story here, so we're following along with... I'm in Mark 2 going, how come this doesn't look right? <laughs> so this is the visit of the Magi. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And that comes from Micah 5.2. Now what I want to key on right there is where the verse in Micah says that for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Jesus is the ruler. He is coming to earth, heaven to earth. He is a new ruler. And because he's a new ruler... With his rule, comes new, his rule comes new rules. With him as king. Now, in our world, we know this to be true in certain ways. Whenever there's a new president or there's a new coach on a team, oftentimes they set up new guidelines or they bring in their own people, if you will. So, new rule, new ruler, Christ is king. Heaven to earth. Jesus is now on earth he is establishing his rule he is establishing his kingdom here on earth so if he's establishing a new kingdom what's leaving the old kingdom what's the old kingdom the old kingdom is sin equals death you sin you die that's the old rule that's the curse you sin you die the new rule the new kingdom that Jesus came to earth to establish death equals life I have a lot of, well, when I say a lot of scripture, I have a lot of tab scriptures here, so I'm just going to roll with it. So. I'm in Romans 5, 12 through 17, I just want to illustrate this purpose of, or uh, this truth of the old king, new king, uh, kingdom. Death through Adam, life through Christ. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned, for before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over, the, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin, the judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. 
For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So this new kingdom that Christ has come to establish, heaven to earth, it brings God's provision. Now we know that a good leader, a good king, will provide for his people. King David was amazing at this. He was praised for the fact of how he cared for the people that he was called to lead. He was known as the most, the, like the greatest king of Israel because he cared for the people that were under him. Well, God is the same way. We know that Matthew 7:11 says Jesus was talking to, I think he was talking to the Pharisees, or at least, well, they were Jews, so he's talking to them, and he said, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give good gifts or will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So tonight, this new kingdom that God has established through his Son, God's provision, we're looking at heaven to earth through God's provision of his Holy Spirit. I'm reading from uh, John 14 here, starting in verse 15. I'm just reading a couple here. Uh, this is where it says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. We know in some translations the Holy Spirit is referred to as the counselor or the comforter or the helper. And as an aside, I thought it was so cool that the only other time you hear the helper mentioned is in reference to Eve. She was the woman at the time, but she was the helper. I mean, how cool is that? That God in his provision, heaven to earth, he provides us with his Holy Spirit that is not only our counselor, but our comforter and our helper. The provision of God's Holy Spirit was given to us so that we might live in a kingdom here and now as children of God through the power of His name. So I want to look at these three things here. So in a kingdom here and now. Just think of that, that heaven to earth. Jesus brought heaven to earth because He was God. I was reading in John 1 the other day where, where uh, I said Paul, where John was telling the people, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. There's a scripture that says that he was God, the one and only. Now, it's the only begotten of the Father, but I thought, what a cool way, what an amazing way to see Jesus Christ, the one and only, God the one and only. So Jesus brought heaven to earth. And through his death and his resurrection, he brought the kingdom of God to us. Now it's, it's not a kingdom yet to come. We're not talking about a future kingdom. We're talking about a kingdom here and now. When Jesus prayed, when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, he could have said a bunch of things. He could have said probably a million different things. But what does he start with? 
Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. I was wondering the new king, the King James there, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Put this king concept in your mind. Here is Christ coming from heaven to earth. He is heaven coming to earth to establish a new kingdom, to establish God's kingdom here and now. Not, you know, angels and clouds and, you know, nice yummy cream cheese or something like that. It's God's kingdom here and now. So what does this kingdom look like? I'm going to read this because I thought it was clever and it was of the Holy Spirit. Think Heaven to earth. Jesus came from heaven. He was already in heaven, so now he's come to earth. Well, in heaven there's no pain or suffering. So Jesus brought healing to earth. <laughs> God's probably laughing. In heaven there's no fear. So Jesus brought peace to earth. In heaven, there's no sin. So, so Jesus brought salvation to earth. And in heaven, there is no death. So Jesus brought life to earth. Christmas is more than about celebrating the birth of the Savior. It's about celebrating the way of life that the Savior brought. But Jesus isn't here anymore. He's coming back, but he's not here. You know, sometimes I think people think that we go to church because we meet Jesus there, and he just waits here till we come back next week. See you later. <laughs> but he's not here anymore. In fact, when he told his disciples that he was sending the, the Spirit, the Comforter, he said, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going. But I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will ask the Father and he will send my spirit. So he gives us his spirit. Why? Because we, we sang it in the songs. We, we understand by what Laura shared with us that God gives us his spirit so that we can continue to establish his kingdom here and now. So God gives us his Holy Spirit so that we... <clears throat> He gives us his, the provision of his Holy Spirit so that we can live in a kingdom here and now as children of God through the power of his name. In John 14, 26, it says this. I have told... But the counselor of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. kingdom here and now as children of God. Children imitate their parents, don't they? Those of us who have children, and even you, if you are like me, and I expect that you are, you have come up to a point at some point in your life where you did something, and it was at that moment that you knew your mom and dad were laughing because they're like, ah, you know, you act, I'm never going to be like my mom and dad. And then you do something because you were acting just like your mom and dad. You know, my dad, I see him do nice things for his wife. Like he makes no argument about, he'll just jump in there and clean the kitchen. Even if he's been working all day and, and all that. He just does nice things. Dotes on his wife. 
I'm like, that's the kind of husband I want to be. Of course, then I remember the dad that I grew up with. (laughs) There was a lot of yelling in my house. He wasn't a believer when I was a kid. But I found this, it's one of those things. It was conviction and humor at the same time. When my kids were a little bit younger and, you know, their room was needed to be cleaned, I found myself raising my voice and yelling at my kids. So it was a humorous moment, I guess, because I recognized that I was being just like my father. But then the conviction was, is it about cleaning the room? You know, what's the, what's the priority here? Is it about getting the room clean or is it about teaching your kids to be obedient? So children imitate their parents. Well, the same is with us. Same, was, uh, same thing with us as children of God. There's an expectation of imitation, right? Ephesians 5 tells us to be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. So as children of God, we are called to walk in this kingdom here and now just as Jesus did. So Jesus is God. He brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. And he walked in the kingdom ways. And he's calling us as children of God to walk in those same ways. Well, what are those ways of the kingdom? Think about this concept, heaven to earth. What happens in heaven coming to earth? Jesus, this is why I love him because he is so crazy. He says, oh, clever people, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Well, I tell you, you even look and you did the same thing. He takes everything to a deeper level. He takes everything. He talks about greed or about giving. Don't go out to the marketplace. Don't go in front of everybody and be like, and pray and make it all about you. When you pray, go by yourself. What's really going on here is the thing. We know that he walked in power. We know that when he was on the earth and he was establishing God's kingdom, we know that he not only spoke these things, that he got to the heart of a matter, But we also know that he walked in power when it came to the people that he touched, the people he spoke to. Where he went, he went intentionally. And where he went, he went in the power. The people he touched, the people he healed, the demons he drove out, the arms he restored, the widows he he praised for giving all that they had. When you and I walk in this kingdom that it, God has established, we continue to bring heaven to earth. We continue to establish God's kingdom here on earth. In fact, it is truly impossible to live out kingdom ways without God's provision of his Holy Spirit. Since we're talking about heaven to earth, God's provision of his Holy Spirit, think about it. What possible way do we have to live out these things, to be imitators of Christ, to even know Jesus, if, if it wasn't for the provision of his Holy Spirit? So God gives us his Holy Spirit to establish his kingdom here and now so that we as his children might walk in the power of his name. Now, Philippians chapter 2, which I absolutely love, verse 5 to 11, where Paul is describing and saying, be imitators of Christ, to walk in the humility that he walked in. At the end of that 
verse, in, or that section in verse 11, he talks about the power of the name of Jesus. We know that at the name of Christ, that every name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Yes, amen. So that's what we're talking about here, the power of Jesus' name. Now I want to read uh, a few verses here in John 14 again. John 14 is my... Starting verse 11, right? Um, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father. So he's talking to his disciples and Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus is like, Philip, show you the Father. Haven't you, you've been around me all this time. Don't you believe me? Don't you know that I'm with the Father? So he tells them, believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you, if anyone has faith in me, excuse me, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Laura, again, your examples, your sharing. You were hearing the truth of the word lived out in somebody's life. Anything you ask in my name and I will do it. And the cool thing is, is (laughs) when Jesus says you'll do even greater things than these, Think about that for a second. Have you, I've never raised anybody from the dead, other than maybe my children on a weekend, but have you ever raised anybody from the dead? Could you really do anything greater than that? But Jesus is promising us that we'll do greater in abundance. The greater things that we do are going to be in the greater abundance of things that we do. And he says to Philip, someone who had walked with him, if you don't believe my words, at least, and this says it in some other, he was talking to the Pharisees, if you don't believe in my words, at least believe in the evidence of the miracles that you see. Because the demonstration of the miracles confirm who he is. You know, the truth is, is that all of our lives before Christ None of us were here, but I mean before he came, we're like a door that was not only locked with the best slage lock you could ever find, but they were also chained. And Christ had to come to earth to establish the kingdom of God and give his life on the cross to do what nothing else could. And that was to break the power of sin or break that lock. Now when we don't yet know Christ, we're still in chains. But Romans 5.8 tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he's already died for sin. Sin has already been atoned for. Sin has already been taken care of. We, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Christ, by the power of his name through the Holy Spirit, have the privilege, the calling, the honor, the grace to be a miracle for somebody else. And I don't mean that in a Disney sort of way. I mean that in the power of the truth that we are the ones, the lock over somebody's life is broken. But we get to remove those chains. Think of the man (laughs) in his bright green jacket. The lock of sin was broken over his life. Already, Jesus did that. We can't do that. But when Laura and Richie... And the other gal (laughs) 
Deirdre, prayed for this man, they removed the chains. Because we partner with Jesus in this. It's our role in redemption. It's our role in the redemption of the lives of our family members and in the lives of the people in our communities and our world. Remember when the Holy Spirit came to the disciples. You remember? (laughs) Oh, okay, I was going to say, you're not that old. (laughs) It says that it came with power, right? And Jesus gave them this power from on high, and he said, wait for the gift of my Father, which is the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses. So your family is your Judea. Your community is your Samaria. And then the world is the uttermost parts of the world. I'm going to Mark 16 here. We are almost done. Mark 16, starting in verse 9. This is after Christ had risen from the dead. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. You know how amazing that is right there? You know what's so cool about that is women didn't have the status that men did back in the day. But Christ appeared first to a woman. So crazy. So crazy. Oh, you think you know how it goes? I'll show you how it goes. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen them, they didn't believe it. Typical men. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they didn't believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. Typical men. (laughs) He He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Or how many languages did you say you spoke while you were down there? I heard about five. Now look at the power that we have by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. All right? And please, not that I need to tell you this, but don't go underneath your sink and grab your, you know, your dishwashing soap and be like, Jesus said... (laughs) I can drink poison and it won't hurt me. Don't do that. Some people have done that. Believe it or not, there have been people who have done that. Seeing the resurrection puts faith into action. The disciples themselves, although they were rebuked for their unbelief, when they saw the resurrection, it tells us what they went out and did, that they preached the word. And again, in this instance, they were given power to do miraculous things. And the miracles are the demonstration and the confirmation of who Christ is. So for us, his provision changes our vision. One of my favoritest chapters of all is, is 2, 2 Corinthians 5. 
because I've never called it a life scripture, but one of the things that God has spoken in my heart deeply was 2 Corinthians 5.17, that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. I love that. But it goes on to talk about how you and I are ministers of reconciliation. And what a crazy, awesome, uh, just it blows my mind that you and I are called to reconcile, to call people to reconciliation. In reconciling, God coming near. So expect the miracles. Expect the signs. Expect the wonders. This wasn't for that way back then. The kingdom is here and now. He gives us the ability to bring heaven to earth through the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of others and in the world around us. I wrote this down right here, but as we go, as we live this out, the truth is, is we don't have to try to create this, by the way. Jorgen wonderfully has said many times that we don't build anything. We can't build anything. So be freed from the pressure or the, if I'm a good Christian, I got to do this, I got to do this. We don't create anything. However, you go knowing you have the power. You have the provision because heaven has come to earth. You have the provision to walk in the miraculous, in signs and wonders to confirm the reality and the presence and the truth of Christ. But when the Spirit leads, act. My, well, I have a lot of favorite scriptures, but I love the story of Peter and John this is after, this is an act. So this is after Jesus went. This is after they received the Holy Spirit. And they are on the way to the temple to pray. Still being good little Jewish boys, going on the, temp, on the way to the temple to pray. I guarantee they prayed in a different way now. But they're just on their way. And you know the story if you know the story. As they're going by, the beggar that sat there, this wasn't the first time because everybody knew who he was. This wasn't the first time they encountered the beggar. But this time the Spirit said, this is what I want you to do. And they acted. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you. And I love that because it frees us from the condemnation or the fear that if we're not doing stuff for Jesus, then we're not being good Christians. That's a lie. But we're not freed from being willing. We're not, being, we're not freed from having the faith to say, where you lead, I will follow. New kingdom, new rules, Christ is king. Amen. <laughs> now, what I'd like to do is I felt like it was appropriate since we're, we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. Is there is a powerful truth that we see in the Word of God. That we see the laying on of hands and we see the anointing over people. I would like, if you feel comfortable, Pastor Jorgen is going to join me up here, and I would like to, we have some oil, and if you are willing, what I'd like to do is just anoint you as someone who's called to lead you and love you and speak the word of God in your life. I would love to anoint you it's a symbolic act of what happens in the heavens. 
It's a little bit of oil on your forehead. It smells good. But what it releases in your life is, is it's an anointing. I know every single one of you in here already have the Spirit in your life. But I think all of us could come to the cross and say, mm, Lord, I'm not perfect. And it's not about sin, but it's, God, forgive me for my lack of faith. So I'd like to anoint you just to see the provision of God's Holy Spirit be released in your life. So uh, Johnny's going to play for us. So you can't hear me pray over everyone. You don't have to do this. We're going to conclude with this time of prayer. I encourage you to do it because of what God wants to do through you. But as we begin to pray, feel free. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 